Listening to sermons as we go about our days, driving around or doing our work, is a perfect reminder of our Lord's promises and of His mercies. This is the mission of Upper Room Media. To make the Word of God accessible to anybody and everybody. Preparing for the sermon, I was feeling a bit on the, the, the tired side. Um, feel like a lot has been happening and I feel like my capacity is running thin, right? And, and whenever your capacity is running thin, you're always wondering if the next, what the next person is going to ask of you, right? You always wonder, like, what do you really want? Why are we having this conversation? What's the real question that you want to ask me, right? And sometimes we deal with our, our, our low capacity, and when we see the phone call come in, we send it to voicemail, right? We let emails slip through the cracks. You know, we don't tend to offer extra hands at work when, you know, you're kind of at the table and said, okay, who can pick up this task? Like, and it's dead silent and nobody really wants to pick up the task, right? Or you're in a servants meeting and you're kind of chatting like, okay, who's going to do the next spiritual day? Right? All these are different signs that you know, we have limited capacity and that we are running thin. And especially like if you have kids, right, they're in a constant state of asking. And sometimes our reply is like with eternal like grounding, right? You ask for one more thing, I'm gonna ground you to the second coming. Right? That's that's how we deal with it sometimes because we're just so spread thin. And so we really look forward to vacations, and I'm saying this, and I'm like, yeah, I got one planned in two weeks, and it's without kids, right? It's going to be the best vacation. I love you guys, but it's going to be a great vacation, right? Because nobody's going to be asking me anything, right? But we look for these vacations in order to get away, in order to, to recharge, only to come back and realize, like, okay, the cycle kind of repeats itself, it's just a matter of time, but the cycle repeats itself where we, a lot comes on our plate and then we become just exhausted, right? And we keep on pushing and pushing and pushing until like, okay, I either crash or I get a vacation and it gives me a little bit of energy to go forward, but then the cycle repeats. And so we become very guarded with ourselves, with our energy, with what we're able to give. And... And so when we're in this situation of we're just kind of like a lot has been taken from us, when we come to a gospel of today, it becomes really hard to, to take in, to really appreciate like, okay, what is being asked of me? Because the gospel of today says, but I say to you who hear, Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you, bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you. Where a lot of our capacity is taken from people kind of in our immediate circles, our social groups or families, we have very little capacity for anybody outside of that. And yet we come to scripture of today, and it says, love your enemies, give the other cheek. If something was stolen from you, don't worry about it. 
that requires a lot. It requires a lot to be able to give that. And so we hear it when we're kind of spread thin, and we're like, that's really nice. I'll get around to that one day. Maybe when I'm older, I can do that. But right now, I have very little to give. And when we think of like having to still respond, right, to our enemies, having to still deal with people who have treated us wrong, what we, what we do is we try and come up with like, okay, but what's a reasonable response? I know this is like what God is asking me, but what's a reasonable response? How can I really like respond to this person based on like a standard? I don't know what standard is, but like a standard, like what's a civilized response to my enemy? What's a civilized response to somebody who stole from me, right? How do I respond civilly when somebody insults me? This is what we tend to do. We, we tend to, to try and look and say, okay, what's the way that I can navigate this situation with my ability? And so while God is saying, love your enemies, turn the other cheek, if he takes your cloak, give him your tunic also, like, that's great, but I, I don't know that I can do that. So let me find something else. Right? And just because we try and find something else doesn't mean that this goes away. What God has asked, God has asked. What he has called us to, he has called us to. He doesn't change in what he has called us to. But we're still trying to find like a happy medium between it. In sharing these precepts, right, or, you know, what we can call these are precepts, right? Love your enemies, do good to those who hate you. These are like moral, if you will, moral instructions that God has given us to live by as we live on this earth. This is how he wants us to live. In saying this in public, Jesus was probably looked at that he was completely socially out of touch, right? He was looked at by the Pharisees, and even by the disciples and some of the apostles who were, who were listening to him and hearing him and saying, you want us to do what? You want us to treat those like the Romans who oppress us? You want me to love them? Are you aware of everything that they've done? Are you aware of how they oppress us? Right? That's how powerful what the Lord was, calling, what the Lord was saying was that it, it shook them back then, and it shakes us today too. When we look around in our world, and we see like that as, as believers sometimes, it feels like we're being pinched in on every side. Like we can't share our faith. We can't even share like what we think is right or wrong in a situation or branded as some you know, extremist or some you know, conservatives. Like, we're, we're branded in so many different ways. Like, we feel pinched in. But yet, even though we feel pinched in, the Lord still said, love your enemies. So the question now becomes, all right, well, how do I take a step towards this? How do I make an effort, all right? Or how is somebody, not make an effort, but how is somebody able to actually do this? 
How is somebody able to love their enemies? How is somebody able to, you know, pray for those who smite you? How is somebody able to really let go of things that were wrongfully taken from you? And Scripture offers two things for us to consider. The first one is that we shouldn't slip into the temptation to just show these actions to those within our circle, okay? To those that we are comfortable with. And what he says is that, but if you love those who love you, what credit is that to you? For even sinners love those who love them. And if you do good to those who do good to you, what credit is that to you? So what, what is St. Luke saying, or what was Christ saying in this gospel when he said that? Right? He's saying, love your enemies. We like to find the happy medium as, well, let me love people in my own circle that I don't really get along with. Right? It's hard. Sometimes I don't like them. Sometimes I don't like being around them. But I will try it here. All right? And it's good to try here. We need to continue to try here. But we can't try just kind of within ourselves and forget that what the Lord said is, love your enemy who is outside. All right? When you're stolen from, let it go sometimes. Okay? When you're insulted, pray for the person who insults you. Right? We like to say, okay, our happy medium is we'll do it inside here. But that's not what the Lord is saying. The Lord is saying, do it to those who are outside, outside your circle. Right? So let's not slip into that temptation of saying, like, well, let me just practice it here. Yes, we have to practice it here in order to be able to do it outside. But really, the source of being able to do what the Lord has commanded us to do comes in finding an inner peace. An inner peace that is rooted in understanding our belovedness as a son or daughter, son and daughter of Christ. So when you think of the things that were commanded to us, of love your enemy, you know, pray for those who spitefully speak to you. Give your cloak and your shirt to those who steal from you. When we think about complying with one of those, that's a big ask from us. That's a big give to somebody else. And that give takes, if you will, real estate from us. It takes something from us. And what it takes from are one of two things. It takes from either our ego and our pride, or it takes from our actual possessions. And both of those are finite. Both of those have, like, boundaries. They aren't infinite. Somebody can hurt my ego, and hurt my ego, and hurt my ego, and at a certain point, like, I feel like I've been spent. Right? Somebody can take my possessions, take my possessions, take my possessions, and at a certain point, like, I run out. So both my ego, my pride, and my possessions are a commodity. And when I try to respond to everything by looking at those two by themselves, I'm going to become guarded. I'm going to protect them because I know that at a certain point, I'm going to run out. Right? We can take certain comments, but when a certain, like one specific comment lands and it really hurts 
our, our ego and our pride, we're like, I don't know how much more I can take. Right? We can give, but at a certain point, like when, when too much has been asked of our possessions, we're like, I'm uncomfortable with giving more. But yet, the Lord said, give and love our enemies and pray for those who spitefully speak to you. So the question is, how? In order to give to that degree, all right, we have to pull from a different resource. Instead of pulling from our pride and our ego and our possessions, we need to pull from somewhere else. And that somewhere else is in the understanding that I am the beloved of the Lord. And what does it mean to be the beloved of the Lord? It means that as everybody is taking, he is continuing to pour out. He looks at me and he will never let me be in need. He will never let me not have the things that I need to get by. We won't have all the things that we want, but he will always provide what it is that we need. That even when everybody else can reject us, if I look up towards heaven and I sit with him, I know that above all, he is the one who accepts me. And when this world is done with, and it will be done with one day, I don't have to worry about it because he has prepared something else for me. So the more I focus on that, the more I see how beloved I am from him, the more I appreciate how much he will provide for me, what does it do? It provides me an inner peace. And in seeing that inner peace and realizing that inner peace, when things are taken away from me, when possessions are taken, when my ego is insulted, when my pride is, is wounded, I can look to the one place where I know I'm not going to be wounded. I'm not going to be looked at poorly. And that even if things are taken away from me on this world, then in the world to come, everything will be given. And it will never run out. Because he is endless in his ability to give to me. Appreciating all that provides me with an inner peace. That when I'm insulted, I know that one day, all this will go away. When I am taken from, it's okay. Let me let it go. Because there is something that can't be taken away which is the eternal reward. So when I see all these different things, all right, when I, when I emphasize through my prayers and through my scripture how beloved I am of the Lord, provides me with an inner peace. Because I really, I, I come to the understanding that no matter what, if the world doesn't love me, he does. The world doesn't want to give, he always gives. The world wants to take, but he's not taking from me, he's always giving to me. It's appreciating that and understanding that and, and letting that sink into our hearts that allows us to take insults, that allows us to be treated poorly. Because when we come to him in that secret place, we realize that truly I am beloved and that he has sacrificed for me. How much he has sacrificed his son for me. Sacrifice that much is to give unendingly to somebody and to see my value through the lens, through that lens of the Father who says to us, you are my beloved 
and I am willing to sacrifice my only son for you, that means I am of value. And seeing that value and letting it sink in allows us to detach from the different things of this world and allows them to let go. And when things are taken, I find that comfort in my belovedness. And there's a peace there that knows even as things are slipping away, there is one, the most important thing, that will never fall away, that will never leave me, which is Him and all He has to offer me. So we need to be aware of that sense of being the beloved of the Lord. And when we emphasize it, it gives us that inner peace and allows us to take on the different challenges of this world, the different things that take from us. Because our belovedness is a never-ending source versus our ego and our possessions. That's finite. Eventually, it'll run out. But there's no end to his love for us. And that's where we find an inner peace that allows us to do the things that Christ has called us to do in Scripture. So in our minute of silence, the only thing I want us to do is to reaffirm to ourselves that truly I am... This talk was brought to you by Upper Room Media. We hope that this talk has, through the grace of God, touched your heart. And we pray that it will not only inform you, but will also transform you and your life with Christ.